You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I beat Stop Singer. Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Yes, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here. It's been a, we missed yesterday with the day game, so it's great to have you back because we have two games to talk about. And the last time we chatted, the Mariners had lost five in a row, but they storm back. They take the next two against Baltimore. They win the series and now head out onto the road. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, tomorrow, with an off day tonight, uh, tomorrow in the podcast, we'll preview the weekend coming up. Also, we'll do a, l- a lot of Edgar catch-up coming up in the podcast tomorrow. I think you'll enjoy this one. We'll talk about the two games played against Baltimore. Good stuff from Nick Vincent coming up. And Rick Riz chatted with Mike Cameron, which is great. So you'll like that. So a lot to get to in this podcast. Mariners. Came into game two against Baltimore, desperately needing a win. Albers on the hill, making his well first start in the majors this year, his Mariners debut, and he pitched well going five, allowing six hits, just one run, one walk, four strikeouts on 77 pitches. Got some help defensively. Dyson with an outstanding throw home to cut down Machado at home plate. That was a huge play. And then he handed it over to the bullpen, and they were just lights out, Pagan especially. Amazing. Pagan trying to retire all six he has seen. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. A weak wave and a filthy slider. And Pagan, his fourth punch out of the game. He's retired six in a row. Mariners pitchers have retired 14 in a row. Another zero on the board. Yeah, they sat down the last 20 in the ball game. After Alberts pitched five, the bullpen... Went four, no hits, no runs, no walks, and five punch outs. Lights out. Sipchinski threw a grand total of three pitches, same with Vincent, and Diaz, 10 pitches, eight strikes. Bagan, 20 pitches, 17 strikes. I mean, it was just, it was something. They were lights out, and the Mariners behind that great pitching, winning three to one. Game two of the series. And what makes it that much more impressive, Baltimore, the highest scoring team in the big leagues in the second half of the season. They've really been rolling offensively. So that was an excellent win to even the series. And then yesterday, the Mariners going for a series win with Gonzalez on the hill. He did give up one in the first, but then nothing in the second, nothing in the third. And that's when the Mariners started to charge as they put one run across in the third inning, and then they get a bomb in the fourth. Here's the pitch of the way. Swing and a drive deep to right field. Going, going. Goodbye baseball. Way back into the lower deck. Yonder hits one into the wild blue. Yonder. 
His first home run in a Mariner uniform, and it comes with Nelly Cruz aboard. It's now the Mariners three, Baltimore one, and there is number 23 overall on the year for Yonder Alonzo, a 3-1 Mariner lead, and I'm telling you, that ball was shot out of a cannon. Yeah, but Baltimore captured the lead back in the fifth. They were on top four to three, going to the bottom of the frame. That's when the Mariners busted loose for three more. The 2-2 pitch, swinging a ground ball through the wide open left side into left field for a base hit. Here comes Heredia around a third. He'll score. Cano around to third base. Up with the ball, the left fielder Mancini. RBI single. Yonder Alonzo, slow ground ball, but it got on by the third baseman, Manny Machado. And now the Mariners have the lead 5-4 to four here in the bottom of the fifth inning. How about that? Yonder Alonzo is third RBI of the afternoon. Yeah, so they would add one more. It would be 6-4 to four going to the sixth, and they would get what turned out to be a giant insurance run. Here's the stretch and the 1-1 pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Well hit to right field. Rickard going back to the warning track. To the wall. Goodbye baseball. Leonis Martin with his third home run of the season. About maybe three rows deep. Straight away right field for the Mariners. Their second home run of the day. And it's now the Mariners seven. And the Orioles four number three for Martin. So that ended up being a huge run in this ball game. Fast forward as the bullpen middle part did it again. Zick, an inning in two-thirds was great. Pagan again. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than this. Pagan goes an inning on three pitches, and that was it. Vincent goes an inning again, doesn't give up anything, but then the ninth inning was trouble. Diaz came on, and he just – did not have his command. A walk to Joseph. Smith would walk. Beckham would walk. Bases loaded. And this ended up being a huge play in the ball game as Martin made a fabulous catch. The pitch, the Machado swing and a fly ball into right center field. Long run and sliding, making the catch. Martin, he's got it. Tagging at third and scoring is Joseph. Leonis Martin with a long run into the gap in right center field, reaching out, made the catch, sliding, hangs on to the ball. Holy smokes, but it's a sacrifice fly for Machado. Tagging and scoring from third is Caleb Joseph, and it's now the Mariners seven and the Orioles five, and the other runners head on back. Huge catch. Who knows what happens in the ball game if he doesn't make that catch? The home run, the catch, that was a great day for Martin. Then a strikeout to Scope. It looked like Diaz had a chance to get out of things, but then a hit a hit batter. Then Trumbo gets hit to score a run. So base is loaded. It's a one-run game. There's two outs in the ninth. Diaz lifted for Zepchinski. He comes on facing the slugger Davis to try and seal the series win. The 0-2 on the way to Chris Davis. Here she comes. Strike three called. The ball game is over. Zepchinski saves the day. Holy smokes, what a finish. Mariners win it. 7-6 over the Orioles. And he held on to get the save. The Mariners get the win. And they take the series and take some momentum out onto the road. It was not easy, especially in the ninth, but they get it done. And it's amazing to think about Zepchinski. That was game number 466 in his major league career. 
And just his second save, second career save. It's pretty rare. I was looking up guys who in their careers have spent at least 75% of their outings in the bullpen. And I was trying to find guys with that many appearances and that amount of saves are fewer. And it, the list is short. Real Cormier, I don't know if you remember him, a reliever, spent a long time in the big leagues, 91 to 2007, 683 career games, two saves. Ray King, remember the lefty? He was around for a long time. 593 games. He saved a total of two games in his career. Matt Albers, who's still around, 496 career games, two saves. Eric O'Flaherty, one-time Mariner, 496 games, one save. And now Zepchinski, 466 and two career saves. And that was a big one that he got for the Mariners yesterday. So a big save, a big win. Here's what the skipper said after the ball game. I'll put a few gray hairs on there. Let's see how we're looking today. Yeah, extra. Yeah, uh, they might be falling out soon too. Um, you know, first, uh, nice to get the series win. You know, that's the goal after you know a rough weekend there against the Angels. We we did get it turned around. Really good offensive day. I thought our guys really swung the bats well. Big hits, few homers, uh, really up and down the lineup. Uh, nice uh, Alonzo, big day. Uh, Valencia, Segura chip in. Zanino swung the bat well. It was you know really really good offensive day. So. Uh, you know, on the pitching side, obviously, you know, a third time through, you know, it was a struggle for, for Marco today. Um, thought our bullpen did a really good job, you know, holding it there. Pagan was outstanding again. Uh, it was great to see. And, and uh, obviously, Eddie, um, you know, got out of whack there. Um, you're, you're trying to, I say that, and he still got down to being about one pitch away from, from getting out of it. But, uh, you know, fortunately, Zepp could come in and did a great job, went right after Davis and, and got it done. So, uh, nice to get two out of three. You know, that's the goal. Keep winning series. Um, get a little momentum here going on onto the road trip. Really was. I think he's been swinging the bat great the last three, four days. It's really been much better. He's been much more aggressive. It looks like the guy we saw earlier in the year when he was with Oakland. Uh, you know, not thinking too much up there. And anytime you join a new club, you know, you want to contribute right away in a big way. And, you know, you got to take your time to get your feet wet and get comfortable. He certainly looks comfortable and, and swung the bat great today. Diaz just couldn't find the strike zone tonight. Yeah, anyway, real quick uh, with his front side, he was just flying out. And when you see the ball running as much as it is, uh, you know that's, that's the issue. Um, he's done a pretty good job this year of being able to make the adjustment. You know, early in the year, he didn't. You know, and that's when we took him out of the roll for a little bit and tried to give him some, some keys to get back in line. Today, he kind of could not get it back going again. I say all that, and, and he still was you know, one pitch away and actually did strike out the guy on the, you know, the check swing. He swung. There's no question on that in my mind. But... Uh, now again, uh, you know, we got to get him back. Uh, I think he knows uh, what the issue is, but in the heat of the moment, heat of battle, you've got to be able to slow it down, and he wasn't able to do that today. Well, he's you know he's a young pitcher. Uh, I think what you're seeing is teams that make that adjustment, you know, third time through the lineup. Obviously, he had a very good changeup today. Uh, you know, his ball was on the ground a lot. He had the guys out in front. And then, you know, you got a little something going there in the fifth, and the hits started coming. I think it was five consecutive hits, and, you know, we had to go to the, the bullpen at that point. So, again, he's a young pitcher. I still really like his stuff. Um, he's going to have to do a little bit of job navigating to get deeper in games. You know, you're looking, going out for the fifth, I think he's in great shape. And it kind of happens, you know, rather quickly for him. But, you know, he's going to be in our rotation. We'll go forward with him, and he'll continue to learn and get better. Scott, do you have any update on Guillermo? 
Uh, Heredia is, yeah, he's fine. Uh, X-rays were, were negative there. You know, he, he's okay there. Yeah, you mentioned the offense. Uh, pretty big defensive play there, Mike. Tremendous play. Again, our outfield defense, yeah, it's, it's almost uh, nightly, uh, the job they do. And, you know, Dyson uh, not running uh, great today. Uh, he's got a little bit issue with his groin, and, and uh, we had to put him in the game uh, with Heredia coming out. But Leonis tracked that ball. He went a long way. That's a tremendous play, obviously, huge play in the game. He's been a pretty good time to get the homer, too. A pretty good spark for you guys. Here. He has. You know, Leon says he's got to stay aggressive at the plate, um, you know, and do his thing, which, you know, he's predominantly a pull hitter. Get up there and, and get a fastball, get on it. You know, he got one today, uh, which is great to see. But, yeah, the defensive uh, play was, was really, you know, story of the game. And that ball falls in. We're in all kinds of trouble. Was that where you were trying to argue he swung or where they went off the end No, of the he, bat, he, yeah, or? he swung. And if he swings, whether it hits him or not, it is strike three and the game is over. So uh, that was my beef with it. I think it's pretty clear when you watch it on replay. Again, it's a judgment call by the umpire. Not quite sure what he's looking at, but, you know, we get out of there with a W. So there it is. That's the skipper. And now the Mariners back at 500 after taking the series. They've won two in a row. Again, we'll get into the series starting with Tampa Bay, a huge series. We'll talk more about it in depth tomorrow. But here's how things uh, look right now. Yankees still with the first wild card. They've won three in a row now. And 64-55, and 55, nine games above 500. they They're three games up on the second wild card. The Angels still holding it. They held on to beat Washington yesterday, 3-2. to two. So they have the second wild card. They will be off today as well. And then they're in Baltimore to take on Baltimore in a series over the weekend. Kansas City, they came back to beat Oakland last night, 7-6. to six. So they're half game out of the wild card. They are off today as well. And then tough weekend, they will be taking on Cleveland over the weekend at home. Minnesota, they lost to Cleveland yesterday, so they're one game back, and they're going to be taking on Cleveland tonight. So they play tonight in action, finishing up the series with Cleveland. Mariners 61-61, and 61, a game and a half back of the Angels. They're off tonight. Texas, they've won three in a row. They're two games back of the wild card. They beat Detroit 12-6. Uh, they play the White Sox starting tonight. Tampa Bay, they lost at Toronto 3-2. to Now two and a half back of the wild card. They play Toronto again tonight. Baltimore, you know, they lost to the M's. They're now three games back. They'll be taking on, as I mentioned, Los Angeles coming up over the weekend. And Toronto three and a half back after beating Tampa Bay. And they continue with Tampa Bay tonight. So that's how everything lines up. Revisit that. Tomorrow, the Mariners won't be playing. We'll see if they can get some help while they're not playing as well. Okay, so there it is. We've gone through the two games. The Mariners take the series. Now we're going to hear from Nick Vincent. Hey, it was great to see um, everything kind of fall into place last night as far as the bullpen goes. And, I mean, that obviously starts with the starting pitching, and it's a different situation where you guys are pitching in different situations. But to look out in there uh, the last few days, you see in the fifth inning, everybody up, everybody getting ready. Yeah, I mean, we just, I mean, our bullpen got taxed right after All-Star break. So we got some guys got a little bit tired. We had to deal some with some, we didn't have injuries, but we had to deal with some fatigue and stuff. And going on the, the road trip when uh, where would we go? Texas. 
everybody was up and going. And then we lose Phelps right after that. And then it's that part of that that week just hit the bullpen hard. So we had to deal with some stuff. And I had a, I had a couple of days off going into the, that series against Anaheim, which ended up not working out for us. It's, but it's, I mean, it's one series. Bullpen's uh, back to pretty much full force. I mean, we get Phelps back in a couple of weeks probably. And once that happens, then it will be back to where we were right after All-Star break. So it's a long season. <laughs> you just have to have patience and kind of measure that, I would imagine. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's what it is. It's like you can't really pressure. You can't or you can't press just on one series. It's, yeah, we lost. We got swept by the Angels. It wasn't a fun series. But we come back. We lose the first one in Baltimore. We won the last one last night. So, I mean, hopefully that gets us back to where you need to go in the right right direction and then win this game today and we're right back in there in the wild card game so it's and all hands on deck today and an off day tomorrow and you probably feel good about that yeah exactly the off day tomorrow is gonna be huge for us and then that's like i said it's gonna be a it's gonna be a two-week grind luckily we got one day off in between there so for the most part i mean the end of the bullpen we can throw probably four to five four to six days so with that off day it'll be four out of seven so hopefully that we work that i mean throw two games each series and we go five and six or something I know they would love to pitch you every day if they could. <laughs> You're good with the numbers. I'm just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> I know that they would probably love to pitch you every day, and you would probably love to pitch every day. But what have you learned about measuring that and knowing what, what days you're good and when you need to, to back off a little? Uh, I mean, you just learn through your career. I mean, I early on in the minor leagues, I, I would pitch three out of three days. So that's when you learned, like, you could pitch three out of three days, and then you are going to need a day. But uh, I mean, here in the big league, it's a whole different—it's a whole different level of stressful pitches and all that. So early on in the season, they try to dodge you from three out of three and stuff. They kind of get you two and give you a day because they got to work you up to it. But uh, I mean, for me, I could—I mean, it's three out of three. We tried the four out of four this year. Now I know how that feels. <laughs> uh, to me, it was more of a mental thing. I think at that fourth day, but uh, you know, you just—it is every day is different. You can go out and throw five pitches one day, your arm feels great. You can throw five pitches another day in a basis loaded situation and your arm's going to be sore next day just because it's stressful pitches. So it's it's just a day-to-by-day thing for relievers. You, just, you go out, you play catch, you see how it feels. Some days you're going to be feeling great. You pitch three out of three days and then some days you pitch one game and your arm's sore for some reason. So it's day-by-day day, pretty much. I'm glad you brought up stressful pitches. Managers will always talk about that, but it's a very real thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's starters yeah they throw 100 pitches but the first inning are probably for the most part not very trustful pitches you got another eight innings to come back in the game so that's why they, they might have in their if they have a good out and they might have 25 stressful pitches out of 100 and then as a reliever it's usually i mean if you're in the late inning you're up by a couple runs so every pitch is you better make your pitch or it's <laughs> gonna count against you so uh, yeah, relievers definitely get more stressful pitches, and it's just you got to go out there and be start with stressful pitches, not work into it. So okay. it's just a little different. Different monster altogether. Saw you playing catch with Emilio Pagan. What have you learned about him since he's been up? Uh, the kid's a gamer. He goes out and he attacks. He's, I mean, he's just a bigger version of me, and he throws harder. I feel like he just—he's <laughs> not afraid of anybody. He goes out there, he throws his fastball. He's got confidence with his fastball, and he throws a good slider. And he throws a changeup too, which we never see. It's just fastball, fastball slider because it's all he's been needing. But uh, the kid, he's got, like I said, he's got that little bulldog in him, and he's not afraid of anybody, no matter who it is. It's been a lot of fun to watch. You got the M's game Olympics that have come, or M's games, which have come to an end. How do your team do? 
Uh, we got fourth. Oh, we didn't yeah. do great. <laughs> uh, kind of my fault. Oh. But, you know, there's always next year. And what was your event and what didn't you do too well? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I had the tape toss and the, uh. you throw like a little, kind of like pretty much almost empty tape roll. You try to bake it into a little hole in the training room. Nella Cruz is really good at it. He wins every year. But he was good, and then one of the trainers was really good. I was not very good. I have a theory. Maybe that's, I know he takes a nap every day. Maybe he's not really napping. Maybe he's in there practicing. I think he's practicing because he makes it look easy. For a guy that doesn't play defense or anything anymore, and he's just throwing balls right where they do, I was like, goodness gracious. Nelly's an athlete. We all know that, He's an athlete. I mean, look at him, 37, (laughs) still hitting balls out of the stadium. (laughs) And with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Nick, thank you. You're welcome. And Mike Cameron stopped by. Back in town is one of the great center fielders in the history of the Seattle Mariners. He replaced one of the greatest players of all time, Ken Griffey Jr. Talking about a guy with one of the greatest smiles in the world, as did Jr. Have Mike Cameron is our special guest back in town. Cammy, what's it like to be back in Seattle and see what uh, you guys have uh, made here at Safeco Field? It's just, it's fun, man. Uh, it's, it's reviving. It's invigorating to be able to come back to Seattle, a cross-country trek for us, but um, it's always special, you know, to come back here. Every time I come back, it's nothing but, you know, warm, nothing but warmth and love here, man. So I got nothing but the best. I mean, I wish we could have given more in a hardware situation when we were playing. On top of that, you know, make, bring the guys a little bit of mojo around <laughs> here so they can kind of get on the road once or twice this year. Cammy, uh, you became a Mariner coming over from the Cincinnati Reds in that trade for Ken Griffey Jr. What did you think when that trade went down? What am I gonna do? You know what? I didn't think I was gonna leave Cincinnati because we had a really young bunch. But you know, I know Junior had saw, saw that 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 youth youthfulness that we had playing over there. But uh, he wanted to come home, and uh, I didn't know how to really kind of respond to it. I just knew that I was going to play baseball in Seattle. And I knew that the manager was crazy. <laughs> and he was, he was I, that's what I remember seeing when I was with the White Sox. My first couple of years of seeing him go off all the time. You know, I got here, man, and, uh, you know, even from spring training, the people happy to embrace me, open their arms, uh, as in me being a still kind of a young player, kind of get myself on the, on, the, on the right ship, on the right foot. The good thing is we had still had some really a talented baseball team with A-Rod being here. John Olerud comment, uh, Edgar Martinez still being here, Jay Buhner. Uh, Jay helped me out a whole lot from the beginning of spring training, which I knew him and Griffey was really close. So yeah. it made my my uh, yeah my transition that much easier. One thing that made your transition easier was early in the 2000 season when you came here, the Mariners are playing the New York Yankees, and Derek Jeter hit a ball that was heading out of the ballpark, and you went over the wall and made that catch. And, Cammy, it seemed like, the torch was passed from junior to you. What do you remember about that particular play, and how big was it for you to make that catch in that situation? It was big because it just allowed myself to release, the, I guess, the tension I had about trying to uh, show the people that I could play. It gave me like a time release opportunity also to for the people to say you know what you know he's like he's gonna be all right yeah he's gonna be all right he's gonna be okay cammy in chicago one night in 2000 you hit four home runs and almost hit a fifth and the first inning you and brett boone went back to back twice in the first inning then you hit the third then you hit the fourth to tie a major league record but what do you remember most 
about that particular night, hitting four home runs in one game for the Mariners against your former ball club, the White Sox. Yeah, that's first and foremost. It was uh, it was every time I played against them. You know, uh, I didn't want to leave anything on the table. You know, as far as like playing against the White Sox, I felt like that night, May second, two thousand two. I just remember having a good feeling. I remember working with, in the cage with Gerald Perry and Lee Ely a little bit. I don't think we took batting practice on the field. I'm not. I don't recall taking batting practice on the field. I just remember hitting the cage. Uh, it was kind of cold, cool that night, and my buddy was throwing. James Baldwin was on the mound throwing. I just got a chance to put some good swings on a ball early in the count. I got a couple balls up in the air. You don't know in Chicago, and 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 I got a chance to hit one. I guess my the last one I hit, I was remember hitting out off of Jim Parquet. And I saw the look on his face after I, when I hit it, and it's going to center field. But because Kenny Lofton is out in center field, plays center field just like I do, he's going to chase it down to see if he's going to make sure it lands somewhere. And uh, that last one kind of hung up a long time. But I know I hit it good. I didn't know if I got enough of it. It traveled out of center field, and I run around the base, and I said, oh, I just hit I can see myself running on the scoreboard, and it's live because it's ESPN. I run around the bases, I hit four homers. And we still – uh, got a, little, a lot of game left, yeah, yeah. you know, so it was crazy to be able to do that. The excitement, the, the energy in the ballpark that day was all mustered around myself, you know, and it was just unbelievable, man. It was special. Yeah, and you almost hit a fifth home run in your, yeah. in your last at bat. Let's go to 2001. You're an all-star. You hit around 270 that year, 25 home runs, 110 runs batted in, and you became an all-star, and I saw a sign above your locker, enjoy my enjoyment. One of the greatest statements I've ever seen. When did you come up with that? And we really enjoyed your enjoyment. What do you remember about the 2001 season? That kind of came along, Rick. Um, that enjoy your enjoyment came along. I was in Chicago, matter of fact, and some guy was heckling the heck out of me or whatever. And I think I had just kind of put the nail in the coffin. I hit like a two-run homer or something, maybe it was. And the guy was talking. He's like, oh, you did this. I said, yo, man, I'm not worried about you. I'm just going to enjoy my enjoyment. And from that point on, it was kind of like something that carried on for the longest time, man. And I, uh, that 2001 season All-Star game was just a blessing in disguise uh, because it allowed me to display some of my talent along with the talented team that we had and the year that we were having right in my own backyard, you right. know. So if I didn't play in another one, because I got a chance to play at home here, it was special. And the fact that Ken, uh, Cal Ripken and uh, Cal Ripken Jr. and uh, Tony Gwynn is their last years. Right. So it was special. I never got a chance to experience it no one else. I should have, maybe. But to get it here in Seattle and to have that roar of the people behind you, considering what we were doing that season, was special. It was just special, man. It was wonderful watching you play uh, with a bat in your hands or out there in center field making the great catches. I don't know of anybody in the world who could possibly even come close to replacing Ken Griffey Jr., but you did it. You made a name for yourself yeah. here in Seattle. You were Mike Cameron, yeah. and you did it your way. You had that great smile on your face as well. Cammy. it's great to have you back in, in Seattle, and thank you so much for the visit. We wish you the best. Always, always, Rick. I appreciate the love, man. I appreciate it. Always grateful to be able to come back here and uh, with people share these good things with you. Here's the windup and the one-two to Cameron. Swung on, high fly ball. Deep straightaway center field. Lofton to the track, to the wall. Leaps up and it is gone. Goodbye baseball. Back to backers. 
by Brett Boone, and now Mike Cameron. Pitch on the way, swing and a drive, deep to center field. Holy smokes, he did it, he did it. Mike Cameron, a home run to center field for the second time. Boone and Cammy go back to back, back to back times. Owen won the count on Mike Cameron. Here's the pitch. Swung on a high fly ball. Deep to left field. Going and going. Goodbye baseball. Mike Cameron's third home run of the ball game. Here's the windup and the 2-1 pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Straight away center field. Lofton to the track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. He did it. Four home runs for Mike Cameron. Ties the major league record. Cammy, you remember what you said to I me said, in the clubhouse? I told you that we hadn't had any flyaways in a long <laughs> way, and we got a few of them today. <laughs> See you later! Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.